You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Jeremiah 6, we just about finished last week. Uh, We didn't quite get there, but I'd like to uh, wrap up Jeremiah chapter 6 tonight. And then I'm going to take, Lord willing, um, if the baby doesn't come one of these Wednesdays, I'm going to take these next couple Wednesdays, and I want to take some time to cover a few lessons that pertain to and relate to Jeremiah 6 that God has burdened my heart with. And I actually today all day been debating between three, but I'm going to try to finish up Jeremiah chapter 6. And then these next few Wednesdays, we'll kind of be in Jeremiah uh, chapter 6 also. I want you to notice Jeremiah 6, verse number 10. We covered this last week. To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Behold, their ear is uncircumcised and they cannot hearken. Behold, the word of the Lord is unto them a reproach, the Bible says. They have no delight in it. Would you notice with me verse number 17? Also, I set watchmen over you, saying, Hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, We will not hearken. Now, I'm not talking about some heathen people. I'm not talking about some people that never had the gospel. We're talking about God's people here. We're talking about the nation of Judah who had the law, they had the temple, they had uh, the blessing of God, they had the goodness of God, they had it all. And on the outside, they still seemed to be doing okay. But on the inside, they were backsliding and removing themselves from God. Their relationship with God was all external. It was all for show. It was all, I want to go to church, I want people to think I'm spiritual. I want to say the right thing. I want to act the right way. But inside, their hearts had been turned away from God. They said, we're not going to listen. We're not going to heed what God has to say. Notice verse number 19. Hear, O earth. Behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened unto my words, nor to my law, but rejected it. We're not talking now about the, oh, I forgot. Oh, I, I didn't realize. Now we see a, a very, uh, very intentional decision by God's people to say, we don't want the Bible. We don't want the word of God. We don't want the message. We don't want the preaching. Then we get down to verse number 30 and it says, reprobate silver shall men call them because the Lord hath rejected them. Friend, I want to tell you, I don't ever want to come to a point in my life where God has to say, I'm sorry, but if you're going to turn away from me and if you're going to do your own thing and if you're not going to listen and you're not going to obey, I'm sorry, but if you're going to reject me, I'm going to have to reject you. Now, I'm thankful that salvation is forever. I'm thankful we have eternal security. God's not going to take anybody who's been saved and reject them. That's not what this is talking about. But God is saying, I'm not going to force myself on you. If you don't choose to walk with me and you don't choose to love me and you don't choose to serve me and you don't decide to obey me, God's not going to twist your arm, friend. 
God's not going to force you to serve him. He's given you a free will. He's given me a free will. And we have the privilege to serve the Lord. I'd like to speak tonight for a few minutes as we wrap up chapter 6 on how to know, not, not maybe, but how to know that you are backslidden. Now, I hope this is not the case tonight, and I didn't know who was going to be here tonight. I had an idea, and I know this is the cream of the crop on Wednesday night. But I want to tell you, and I want to tell me tonight, how to know how you can identify if you are backslidden. Number one, it's found in verse 10. We read it. But how to know you're backslidden, it's if the Bible is a reproach to you. That's what it says about God's people, verse 10. The word of the Lord is unto them a reproach. You say, well, what's a reproach? The word reproach is a disgrace. It's a shame. It's an object of contempt. It's an object of scorn. The Bible says they have no delight in it. The Bible uses that word delight in Psalm 1. It says, but his delight, the blessed man, the happy man, the prosperous man, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Can I tell you, that's the way it ought to be in the Christian life. This book ought to be a delight to you. This book, this ought to be the best thing you get to read all day. This book ought to be something you do read every day. And you say, well, I've been saved so long, I don't need to read the Bible anymore. You're telling on yourself. You're backslidden. Because the Bible says about itself, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Psalm 37, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. One way to know you're backslidden is you don't love the Bible anymore. And I don't know if you love the Bible. Uh, your, 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 your spouse may or may not know if you love the Bible. Your kids may or may not know if you love the Bible, but you know if you love it. And I know if I love it. And you say, well, it just, it's kind of gotten old. Again, the problem's not with the Bible. The problem's with you. The problem's with me. This book has become old hat. This book has become a burden. This book has become, oh, here we go again. That old preacher getting up and screaming and stomping and spitting. And it's a Wednesday night for crying out loud. We've had a rough week. Can I tell you, I hope the preaching never gets old for you. I hope the reading of the Bible and the Sunday school classes and I hope the devotionals and I hope the time that you spend with the Bible, I hope it's more precious now than it's ever been in your life. Because when the Bible gets old, and when the Bible becomes a burden and when the Bible becomes something that you don't enjoy and you don't like, you're on a course you don't want to be on. You're on a course of backsliding and you're on a course of getting away from God. A couple questions quickly. Number one, do you love the Bible? Do you love it? Well, it's amazing what we can read. I'm guilty. Boy, if it's an article about sports, boy, I can, I can soak it up. I don't know how many of you are following right now uh, college football, but you know, it's starting to get exciting about now. Who's going to be number one? Who's going to make the playoff? And who's going to get left out? And boy, I can read an article about that, and boy, I'm into it. Can I tell you, I don't think there's anything wrong with college football, but there's something wrong with college football if that gets me more excited than the Bible. That was kind of weak. Some of you must love college football. Or maybe you don't love college football. Maybe I need to get on college basketball for a while. 
Boy, that's when we'll have to hit the altar, right? Can I tell you, do you love the Bible? We love, we love, we have time for, uh, for the newspaper. We have time for Facebook. We have time for the blogs. We have time for the magazines. We have time for what we love, but do you love the Bible? Secondly, do you make time for it? We can say we love the Bible all we want, but we don't love it if we don't make time for it. I, it's funny, I, I'll have... Uh, pastors or preachers or friends from time to time that'll say, uh, say, what do you, what do you do? I mean, do you, do you like, do you go golfing? No, I don't go golfing. Do you go hunting? No, I don't go hunting. Do you go fishing? No, I don't go fishing. But if I were to say, I don't do any of those things, but boy, I sure love it. You know what that's called? Lying. <laughs> because you don't love something that you don't really do. And we all make time for what's important to us, do we not? We're all busy, but we've all got 24 hours in a day. And I understand some of you are busier than you've ever been, but we've got to carve time out for the Bible. If we love it, we'll make time for it. Here's another question to tell you what your relationship is like with the Bible. Does it bother you when you don't read it? Boy, things get crazy. Maybe you're sick or maybe you're on a trip and maybe you get out of your routine and out of your schedule. Does it even bother you when you don't spend time in the Word of God? That's an indication of whether or not you truly love it or whether or not I love it. When the Word of God becomes a reproach and you no longer delight in the Bible, mark it down, you are backslidden. I'm not saying it. The Bible is saying it. The Word of God is pointing the finger at you and pointing the finger at me and saying, if you get to that point, that's a sign that you have become backslidden. Number two, not only the word of God becomes a reproach, but number two, you refuse the way of God. Verse number 16, I'm gonna preach on this here in the next couple of weeks on a Wednesday. It says, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein and ye shall find rest for your souls. This is talking about a path. This is talking about a way of life. This is talking about how we're supposed to live. And Jeremiah said, hey, you need to get on the right path. And the people said, no, we're not going down that path. We're going our own way. We're doing what we want to do. We're, we don't care what the Bible says. We don't care what God thinks. We are doing our own thing. Boy, does that not sound like 2019? What's sad is, does that not sound like Christians in 2019? I don't care what the Bible says. I don't care what the preacher says. I don't care what anybody thinks. This makes me feel good. I think this is okay. Well, friend, I'm not trying to be rude, but what you think doesn't really matter. What God says is what matters. And yet, if you are refusing, if I am refusing the way that God has directed us, I'm backslidden. You're backslidden if you say no. God says, I want you to go this way and you go another way or you go the opposite way, you're backslidden. Brother Jackie, what you described, I remember my wife and I, when we were working with my dad in Illinois many years ago and I was an assistant pastor and I'd been there for a couple years and I remember as a youth pastor, I remember uh, uh, preaching to the teens, you gotta follow God, do what God wants and then I remember when God spoke to my wife and I and God directed us to leave what was comfortable for us and to go to California. And I remember, I remember all those thoughts and I remember those feelings and 
I remember at one point it hit me and I thought, I've got to go. I've got to say yes to God. Because if I don't say yes and I don't follow God's leading in this, how can I stand up and preach to anybody else that they're supposed to follow God? And friend, I love what, I love what uh, Brother Jackie said, is God, if he calls you, you need to go. And God may not call you, but every one of us in this room, we ought to be willing to do exactly what God wants us to do. You say, but what if it's out of my comfort zone? Good. That may cause us to trust God. That may cause us to get our walk with God strengthened. I'll promise you this, Brother Jack, you and your wife, you've probably prayed more in this last year, and you've probably sought the Lord more than ever because you had to. There was no alternative. You've got to know that you're in the center of God's will. You've got to know that you're on the path that God has for you. There's a refusal of the way of God. That's how you know you're backslidden. When you say no, when God directs. Number three, when you reject the word of God. Verse number 19, we read it. But it says, because they have not hearkened to my words, they've not listened, they've not obeyed. But this was not an oversight. This was not something that was done unintentionally. This was very clear. It was very deliberate. God's people made the decision and they said, we know what God is telling us, but we're not going to do it. They rejected God. That word reject, it means to refuse. It means to despise and to literally abhor something. God's people said the, 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 the words of God, we have zero desire to do it. We know what God's saying, but we ain't doing it. And they rejected the words of God. How you know you're backslidden, how I know I'm backslidden. When we can take a very clear, very simple Bible command, and we know it's what the Bible says, and we know it's what God wants us to do, and we say, no, I'm not doing it. I'll give you a few examples. I don't know. I hope the Holy Spirit will speak to you about something. But we're supposed to read the Bible. That, that's an obvious. And you know you're supposed to read the Bible. I know I'm supposed to read the Bible, and we don't do it. We're backslidden. We're supposed to pray. I think that's pretty obvious. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. We are to pray without ceasing. We're to call unto him and he'll answer us. That's a Bible command. If you don't pray, if I don't pray, we're backslidden. We are on a path that is headed for destruction. I know this is the cream of the crop, Wednesday night crowd, but the Bible's very clear. We're supposed to be in church. We're supposed to be in God's house. We're supposed to worship God. We're supposed to tithe. We're supposed to serve. We're supposed to give. And if we know that we're supposed to do those things, the book of James says, therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. We're backslidden. If we refuse the word of God, lastly, I want you to see in verse number 30, don't let that word lastly fool you into thinking that we're almost done. But lastly, it says, reprobate silver shall men call them. That's an interesting description there. It says, reprobate silver. Now, silver is a good thing. But reprobate silver literally means silver that is useless because there's so much 
dross. There's so much junk in it that it's not even worth saving. Now, it may look good. It may sound good. It might make you feel good saying, hey, I'm silver. But if there's so much junk in our lives, you know what we have become? We've become useless. We have become vessels that God cannot use. It's interesting, we get to the New Testament and we find in 1 Corinthians 3 that our lives and our work for God is going to be tried, it's going to be put through a fire. Now we know that to be the judgment seat of Christ. But at that time, our works will be tried by fire. The Bible says to see what sort or what quality our works are. You say, well, hang on, pastor, I've, I've had everybody fooled. I've been doing a lot of things for God and I've been backslid and nobody ever knew it. Well, you can fool some of the people all the time and all the people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time and you can't fool God any of the time. Because when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, uh, the, the mask is off and the facade is gone and God will see straight to the motives of our heart. I want to tell you, that's going to be a very sobering day. And our work will be tried by fire. And the Bible says that the works will be tried and the gold, silver, and precious stones, they will come through the fire and they'll be purified and they'll be fine. But the Bible says there'll be the wood and the hay and the stubble at the judgment seat of Christ. Those works will be burned up. You see, people may not know if you're backslidden, People may not be able to identify it, but you know, and God knows. You say, Pastor, what is going on? You are blasting us out of the water. Oh, no, no, no. I'm trying to help us tonight. Because the longer we backslide and the further we get away from God, the harder it is to get right. The harder it is to get back on track. You say, well, how does it get harder? Well, I'll tell you how it gets harder. The longer you stop reading the Bible, the easier it's going to be to stay on that course of not reading the Bible. And the longer you get, get, get away from prayer and the longer you don't pray, and the longer you don't have that relationship with the Lord, the harder it's going to be to get into the habit again of doing what you're supposed to do. And the Bible says the wickedness it says reprobate silver shall men call them because the lord hath rejected them we're talking about how to know if you're backslidden but we said first of all the word of god is a reproach it's 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 a shame it's a disgrace it's a it's a bother to you it's an irritant to you so if the word of god is a reproach you're backslidden you say well how do i know if i'm right with god the word of god is a delight you love it. You can't get enough of it. Boy, you read it and you're hungry for more and you read it some more and you're hungry for more and you can't wait to get in the Bible. Number two, a refusal of the way of God. That's how you know you're backslidden when you say no to God. Well, how do we know we're right with God? I'm glad you asked. When God speaks and you say, yes, here am I, Lord, send me. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. God, whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, whatever ministry you want me to get involved in, whoever you want me to talk to, whoever you want me to serve, God, I'm here. I'm not refusing your way. 
I'm saying yes to your plan and to your will for my life. Number three, the rejection of the words of God. God's people, they had the opportunity to hearken and to listen and to receive the word of God. The Bible talks about not just being a hearer of the word, but what are we supposed to be also? A doer of the word. So how do we know that we're right with God? Well, not when we reject the word of God, not when we say no to God, not when we refuse it, but when we say, I'll take it. And although the preaching might step on my toes, I'll take it. And although the Holy Spirit might be convicting me about something, I know it's for my own good. I know that I need it. I know it's for, uh, for my good and for his glory that God is trying to help me and the word of God is there to correct me. And then the rejection of their wickedness by God. How do we know that we're backslidden? We know we're backslidden when God removes his blessing. We know we're backslidden when God removes his hand and when God removes his touch from our lives. And God says, if that's how you want to do it, go ahead. It's like the story of the prodigal son. That prodigal son came to his father. I don't want to live under your roof. I don't want to live under your rules. I don't want to uh, uh, live like you live and like you want us to live. And I want to do my own thing. I'm out of here. Well, guess what the father told the prodigal son? He said, okay, have it your way. Try it out. I don't want you to, but here's your inheritance. Go ahead. You know what the prodigal son found out? Backsliding from the father does not have a happy ending. Found himself in the pig pen. He found himself with nothing, and he found himself realizing how much better he would have had had he never left his father. Friend, I want to tell you, backsliding is not the way you want to go. And backsliding is not the way I want to go. And getting away from God, that's not where we want to end up. Because the Bible tells us the way of the transgressor is hard. The Bible says that sin, when it is finished, it bringeth forth death. The Bible tells us that the end of that path is destruction. But I tell you, it sure is good when you stay close to God. I've never met anyone at the end of their life. Now, I've met some people during their life who they thought they were having the time of their life, doing their own thing. Boy, Brother Jackie, I'm telling you, this, this whole church thing, it kind of cramps my, my schedule, you know? It's like a whole day, I can't do anything I want to do. You know, I got to go to church, and then they have Sunday school, and they have Sunday night, and boy, then they want you to serve in a nursery and sing in a choir and work on a bus route. Man, I'm telling you, this is rough stuff. I've met some people during their life that they thought they would be better off not serving God. But I've never met anybody at the end of their life that said, I wish I hadn't gone to church so much. I wish I hadn't read so much of the Bible. Boy, I wasted my time out knocking on doors and I wasted my time teaching a Sunday school class and boy, I wasted my time. Oh no, I've never met anybody at the end of their road that had any regrets for staying close to Jesus. But I've met some people at the end who wished they had never left and wished they would have stayed close. 
Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.